Hey there, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. My name is Daniel Trinum, and I will be your host as always. Before we get started with today's episode, I want to let you know of a few things of note. First, you may or may not be aware that I host another podcast called The Third Seat. The Third Seat is unrelated to the podcast you are listening to right now, but if you'd like to check it out, then I will put a link in the description of today's episode that you can use to listen to it. If you like this podcast, then I really think you will like The Third Seat as well, so I highly recommend you check it out. Next, I want to let you know of a few ways you can support the podcast. First, be sure to tell a friend if you enjoy the show. Word of mouth is not only a great way to help support the show, but it's also zero cost. Secondly, if you enjoyed today's episode, then be sure to leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. Leaving a positive review is one of the best ways of not only supporting the show, but it also gives me direct feedback from you regarding how you feel about the show overall. I greatly appreciate if you decide to take the time to support the show in any of these ways. Finally, if you'd like to follow me or the show on social media, then feel free to check out the description of today's episode. Here you will find all affiliated and mentioned links, as well as how you can support the show online. As always, I want to thank you for tuning into and supporting the show. It really means a lot to me, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as I enjoyed making it for you. But first, I'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of today's episode, Lucky to Know You Apparel. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever loved your friend so much that you just want to squeeze them until they explode? Well, this local Chattanooga-based clothing brand wants to portray that feeling into a community that appreciates the people in their lives. Today's sponsor, Lucky to Know You Apparel, is using fashion and feelings to bring people together, making them ecstatically say, can you believe we happen to exist at the same time? Check out their Instagram, at Lucky to Know You Apparel, and website, www.luckytoknowyou.com, to purchase your own apparel or gift one to a friend. Listeners of this podcast can use code FEELINGLUCKY for 15% off your next order. Again, that is code FEELINGLUCKY, spelled F-E-E-L-I-N-L-U-C-K-Y, at checkout for 15% off your next order. And hey, if no one has told you today, we are lucky to know you. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. My name is Daniel Trinum. I will be your host for this episode as always. And I'm excited to uh, bring you all today's episode. Uh, to, I, I found out actually something kind of interesting recently about my guest today. So about a year ago, uh, a year ago today, there, well, to, to rewind this story, there is a uh, a guy on YouTube who I follow. He makes uh, fitness content. He owns a gym. He makes lots of different content just about fitness in all different kinds of ways. And about a year ago, uh, actually, as the time of this recording, it is March the 3rd. And a year ago, I found on March the 8th, I believe, uh, he posted a video and it was a short little five minute video. And it, it included uh, someone who his he his his company or his brand uh, goes by the name of the Strong Dad Club. And I was like, huh, what is this? And I was uh, intrigued by it and just listened to some of the things he had to say. And uh, I now have the pleasure of having the founder of the Strong Dad Club himself on the show today. So, Mark, thank you very much for coming on the show today. You're welcome. Uh, it's actually club leader. <laughs> club That's leader. By. Yeah, club leader. <laughs> club leader, Mark. I love that. I love that. But yeah, I, uh, I I don't know if you knew this, but like a year. So do you know what video? I'm assuming you know what video I'm talking about. The Allen's video. Yeah. 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 
So I was I trying was, to piece it together. I'm like, yeah. what video is he talking about? <laughs> well, it was funny. I was whenever I was prepping things for this, I was like, when I remember seeing, I remember seeing you on one of his videos, and that was the first time I had I had I had just even come across you. And I was like, what video was that? And I was going back through and looking at it. And I remember seeing it was like March the 8th. And I was like, holy cow, we're literally like, this is almost like a year from the day that video came out. What are the, the odds? Anniversary. So, yeah. The anniversary. That's crazy, dude. So anyways, uh, you know, before we jump into things, you care to just give a, a brief introduction for yourself and just what you do and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, sure. Um, so my name is Mark and you've already mentioned that. And <laughs> I started this brand slash company, the Strong Dad Club, probably around a year ago, actually. Um, and besides that, uh, I'm a husband, a father. We have my wife, Julie, and I have two young sons, Jack and Leo. They're around. Leo is just over two and Jack is just over three months now. And uh, my day job is firefighting. So I've been a firefighter for almost five years now coming up on. And the Strong Dad Club is kind of like my my side thing. And the way that got started was when I became a dad, um, I realized really quickly that my old way of training and eating and sleeping had kind of just been thrown out the window. And I got kind of stuck in a rut of not doing those things to the extent that I that I previously done. So I had to come up with all new ways of training and eating and sleeping and trying to figure those things out. And when I was doing that, I kind of realized like there are other people who are also dads, not just me. So uh, when I came to that stunning realization, I was like, I need to do something to help people who are going through this transition or have been dads for a long time because Really, it is such a life-changing time in your life, and I just wanted to be able to help people with one part of that, and that's mainly like fitness, nutrition, lifestyle type stuff, and that was the the motivation for starting the Strong Dad Club, and I guess previous to that, I, I've done all kinds of different things. I've been a personal trainer. I've worked in uh, like larger group fitness settings. I've been an online coach for quite a while. And uh, throughout that journey, I've had a chance to work with some pretty awesome people in the fitness space, Alan being one of them. We haven't worked together per se, but I've done a number of podcasts and videos with him. Um, and I think that's that's pretty much it. We can probably get into to other stuff about my background as we chat, but I guess that's a brief intro to who I am Yeah, what I do. Yeah, and and I'll say first and foremost, I am I am not a father. Uh, I have I have no no children, so I have no experience from the, from the standpoint of of which you come at this from. But something that really what what really uh, interested me in in what you do and kind of the message you preach online is, um, you know, like I I have grown up in the internet age, I guess you could say, uh, and especially now, like the the rise of of people in the online fitness space like there is a there's so many different individuals online like whatever kind of goal you're looking to accomplish there is somebody that's going to either uh, agree with or disagree with a certain way to get to that goal and a lot of times it, it can be at least for me it, it can seem difficult to find like the best way forward or like should i be doing if i want to accomplish this goal should i take path a or should i take path b to do it um what i really liked about what you had to say is you take a very at least in my view a very like holistic and very practical approach um you know for instance the uh <laughs> 
this this is no no like slam on the guy, but like it, he has gotten very popular recently. The uh, his his name is you know Jocko online Jocko yep. Willink. Yeah, yep. so like he is known for like waking up at like four a.m. just hitting it hard in the gym for like two hours and then going surfing and then doing all this stuff. And like that's great. Like if you can do that, that is perfectly fine. But like I and I assume most people just don't have. First off, I can hardly wake up at four. Like I've, I I don't know if I can even do that, but. The idea of spending that much time in a gym or doing dedicated physical activity is not very practical for me at this stage of my life. And I can imagine it, it gets even more so when you have a child or you have a family. And so the way that you seem to approach it was a very uh, almost holistic way. It was not that, oh, you need to spend three hours in the gym or you're just going to be a failure, but it was more finding ways to practically implement activity and exercise and healthier habits into your day-to-day routine even if it doesn't mean spending an hour and a half in the gym, if you can do that, that's great, obviously. But uh, I really liked your way of 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 uh, of explaining that and kind of going back to the video you did with Alan, the thing that you talked about in it was this concept of, of a dial that you turned. And so like if you're at a 10, then that's, uh, you know, you're just you're hitting it hard, like you're doing uh, you're doing weights and you're doing cardio and you're doing all you're the jonko. things. That, yeah. Yeah. You're doing, you're doing everything you can, which is great. And if, if you can do that, then do it and and enjoy it. But sometimes life just gets in the way. And, and I mean, for crying out loud, I'm 22 years old and I know that. And like, and I'm sure, like I said, it only, it only grows with time and as things change. And so sometimes you have to turn that dial down, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. So uh, that's really what drew me to you. And, and I see, I don't see a lot of that, at least in my opinion, which I think is is a great thing that you're doing is is taking this approach towards fitness and health and looking at it in a more practical and holistic way uh, rather than no, again, no shame on Jocko or anything. He's doing great things, obviously, but there's uh, there's uh, there's more than one way to do these things. And, and I really like the way that you do it. So, yeah, I think that's that's great. Yeah, I think that's that's one of the funniest things is that dial approach I actually uh, learned about that through precision nutrition um, which is a great educational resource for anyone who's wanting to to learn more about a holistic approach to nutrition that can actually fit uh, to your own life and that dial approach is it's so helpful in the sense that you can just dial things down when life gets busy you can dial things up when you have a lot more time uh, depending whatever your situation is uh, is you can do, you can put the dial wherever you want it. So like you were saying, a 10 could be training twice a day, every, like all your eating is on point, like your sleep, everything is dialed in. But sometimes like when you have a kid or there's some other crazy transition in your life, like you move or whatever it may be, you can dial that all the way down to 10 pushups, or you could dial that all the way down to just making sure you have like some protein for breakfast or something like that. Two really simple things. So that dial has so many different settings in between and you can choose what those settings are, but um, that's a super helpful tool for anyone who's preparing to go through a really busy time or just knows a busy time is coming up or is just feeling overwhelmed by always trying to set things at like an eight or a 10 and then only being happy if they're able to do those things because most of the people who I talk to who are successful in the realms of fitness and nutrition and health, like for example, someone like Alan, they really resonate with that dial approach. Um, and they're like, yeah, that makes sense. That's kind of what I do. And uh, like, I'm on board with that. But then most of the people who I talk to who are not successful in the realms of health and fitness and nutrition, they don't, 
it's hard for them to come to terms with that. They're like, that doesn't sound like it's going to work. Like I need to be doing 75 hard, or I need to be doing whole 30, or I need to be doing like one of these really strict keto. I need to do something really strict and difficult. And if, because if I'm not doing something really strict and difficult, I'm not getting the results. So my biggest, I wouldn't say my biggest, but one of my, the things I'm trying to push the most is the idea that consistency, no matter how great or not great your intensity is, is so much more important than intensity for a short period of time. So, um, yeah, that, that dial approach is something that's extremely effective for a lot of people, myself included. Yeah. Yeah. No, me as well. And and I've really, I would say for me, I really got into, I, I got in, I mean, I've, I have exercised in some form for most of my life. I played sports growing up, but I never really like went to the gym, you know, at all really until I was probably 18 or 19, I would say. Um, and for me, the thing that like, when I first started, I, what really, one of, one of my f- best friends at the time, he kind of helped me get into the gym and really enjoying it. And he really enjoyed, uh, like bodybuilding style workouts. And so I just kind of mimicked him and did what he did. And I came to have a interesting relationship with it because, you know, you look at like, if you look at like Arnold for say, like, obviously I'm not going to end up looking like him, but if you, if you ask him, like, what did he do to become successful? Well, he spent like three hours in the gym and just slamming cups of egg whites and stuff. And like, that's what he needed to do. But in my mind, I thought that's the only way you can do this. Like, if you want to be healthy, you have to just throw everything else away and you just have to spend every other waking hour you have just, you know, slamming weights and just doing everything you can do. And I ended up not having a great relationship with exercise and health. It was more of like a, um, like I would begrudgingly do the, th- like I would begrudgingly work up like, uh, okay, well, I, I know I have to do it, so I'll just go do it. But the thing that I found is, is kind of like what you were saying is, you know, obviously I would love to spend, like I've gotten to a point now where I really enjoy working out and exercising. Um, and I, I, you know, it's, it's funny, actually at the time of this recording, I'll be doing my first half marathon tomorrow, uh, which I want to ask you a little bit about, uh, running later. Uh, but like, you know, in the past, like if you had asked me about running, I would never have wanted to do it. Like I I hated running, didn't want to do it, but I have come to realize that if you, rather than trying to run, 15 miles every single day, it may be better to just find a way to run something each day. Even if you can't run, you know, 15 miles, maybe just try to run one mile today. If that's all you can fit in, it's better to do something today than nothing at all and letting that derail all of your progress. Um, And so for me, like sometimes, you know, life does get in the way. Maybe I would love to get in the gym and spend an hour and a half in there, but sometimes I can't do that. Does that mean that I just quit and throw in the towel and say, you know what, this is too hard. I'm going to throw my diet out the window. I'm going to throw my exercise plan out the window. No, like I can do something today, even if it's just like a brief yoga, uh, you know, a a yoga workout, or if it's uh, like a, just a walk around the block, anything simple to keep that consistent progress going and it, even if it's not some, you know, uh, some major addition to my workout plan, it, as long as it's something to keep me consistent with what I'm doing, that allows me to reach much more progress in the long term uh, than than I would be if I was just, you know, solely focusing on whether or not I was able to spend two hours in the gym. You know, if that make if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. What what helped you make that transition, like from that mindset of like forcing yourself to go to the gym to enjoying? going to the gym or working out or whatever it may be. 
Well, I, I really enjoyed, I mean, I, I guess I should reframe my, my previous statement. I did enjoy going to the gym, but I, I guess I had felt like if I couldn't go every single day for six days a week for an hour and a half and with, you know, with all the bells and whistles, then it was just a waste. Like if I didn't, yeah. yeah. And, and obviously like, you know, if you can, I'm always going to be a proponent for more exercise, but that's just not, at least I've found in my life, that's, that's going to be okay. If you miss it out, I don't remember what it was, but I think it, I think it was actually, I can tell you when, uh, it was partly due to, uh, due to the pandemic for me, whenever everything shut down, like I didn't have access to a gym and, um, I was staying with my parents and they had some exercise equipment, but obviously it wasn't to the level of a full scale gym. And then we took like a week trip to Colorado, uh, during, during that summer And I realized like there were days and times where I went without going to the gym at my my normal rate. And I was still, I still felt good. I still felt fine. I was still able to do something, even if it was like go on a brief run or do some pushups or something. And we got back from the trip and the pandemic eventually, you know, kind of, it gradually saw its way out and I'm still here living and enjoying fitness and I'm healthy. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I don't have to spend two hours. Like if I can, great, but maybe I don't have to dedicate every waking hour outside of my normal nine to five job to go into the gym and I can still live a happy and healthy life. And again, obviously it's different for everybody, but that was for me, like when I, when I kind of came to that, that more healthy realization, you know? Yeah. And that, that mindset of something is better than nothing is it's, I think it's gaining more popularity and it is like among the things I talk about on Instagram or wherever it may be, like that's one of the things I talk about the most, I would say, is the idea that something is better than nothing. Um, and I get some pushback from that, I would say, from certain people. And the reason for that is I think some people see that as accepting mediocrity. Mm-hmm. So just being okay with not doing everything that you can do. But I think that's a really, it's an enticing trap to fall into because you want to feel like you are different, like you're pushing the limits, like you're son, like you're Kobe or like Michael Jordan or <laughs> Jocko or David Goggins. Like you don't want to be seen as soft or like you're weak or anything like that. But really, for most people, they get into that mindset and they do nothing because mm-hmm. they feel like if they're not pushing themselves to the limit, then it's not worth it, just like you were saying. But really, they would get far superior results if they did something, and they did something consistently and with intention towards whatever goal they may have. So um, that mindset you're talking about, that something is better than nothing mindset, is absolutely true. And uh, I think people need to realize that it's not about accepting mediocrity. It's about always pushing forward no matter what circumstance you're in mm-hmm. yeah and, and i think another thing that and this is a little bit of a an assumption on on my part at least this was my experience like i think if you're getting into fitness or if you're kind of on the outside looking into in, in some degree i think people have this idea that if they are to uh be dedicated or or stay consistent with an with a workout program or anything like that 
Like it's just going to, if they were to commit to that, it's just going to be a terrible experience the whole time. Like they're just going to be just, just working out for like an hour and they're just going to hate it. It's going to be terrible. And they're going to just going to be dreading like every second of it. And they're going to be waiting to be done with it. And I am certainly a proponent of doing hard things. Like I'm not, you know, I, I think there is a, there's, there's some benefit to doing things that are challenging and are difficult to you. But something I've told people that are close to me that I I have, I have, uh, they've expressed to me that they've struggled kind of getting into exercising and getting into working out is that it doesn't have to be this experience where you're just dreading it the whole time. Uh, or you're just, you're just looking forward to being done with it the whole time. I told somebody like, I mentioned how I was doing a half marathon soon and they were asking me like, like, how do you, how do you run? How do you like, I just hate running and hate doing it. Like I want to get into running, but I just don't like doing it. And I just looked them in the eyes and I said, then don't run, like do some other form of cardio. If you hate running, if you hate every second of it, then go swimming, go rowing, go on the Stairmaster, go bike, like do something else. For me, it's, it shouldn't be about, oh, I have to do it this one way. It's more about the end goal. If, if your end goal say is better cardiovascular health. Okay. Then running certainly is one way you can do that, but it's not the only way. And I think if you can find a way to enjoy it, like again, if, if you go to weights, if your preferred way of, of doing weight training is, uh, is doing like strongman training, then do more of that. You don't have to be confined to like bodybuilding training. If that's what you hate doing, if you love doing bodybuilding training, but hate doing like Olympic lifting, then don't do Olympic lifting, do more bodybuilding because you're going to enjoy it more and you're going to get better results out of that because I don't have to ask you too many times to do something you enjoy doing. You're just going to do it. And I think that that's something that can be lost on people at times, at least in my experience. Yeah, there's a really important point you just brought up there. And I've been actually talking about it with some people recently. And it's the idea that getting into good shape or being fit or being healthy or any of these things or maintaining that level of fitness or health, it, like the idea is that it sucks. Like it's not fun. It's miserable. Mm -hmm. You have to be so disciplined and you can't do things that are fun and enjoyable. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, I think that's why most people are not successful when they have a health and fitness goal. It's because they think it's going to be terrible and they won't be able to maintain it because it's not fun. So they end up doing it for 30 days or 60 days or whatever it may be. And then they stop because they've chosen something that some other person has created arbitrary standards for that they have to now impose on their own life that doesn't fit very well and is super uncomfortable and interferes with their social life and all other sorts of aspects of their life. And then after 30 days, they're like, I can't do this anymore. This is terrible. And then they look at people who are in good shape and they think like, wow, like your life must be so boring and not fun. But pretty much like I'd say 90% of people who I know who are in great shape, I ask them like, do you enjoy like your routine and training and your, the way you eat? They're like, yeah, it's awesome. Like, I love it. And it's way more fun to be in shape and to be able to do a pull up and do a pull up with your kid hanging off you and to be able to say yes to any physical activity that anyone wants to do with you, like want to go for a hike. Sure. Like I don't have to think twice about that and be like, uh, or like want to go swimming and like take your shirt off at the beach. A hundred percent. I'll take my shirt off right now. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, it's just being able to say yes to more opportunities and not feel held back by your body and the shape you're in. Um, so I think that's something that people need to understand is 
if you do things a certain way, it can absolutely be enjoyable and a fun process that you go through. Of course, it's going to be challenging. Of course, there's going to be parts that are are hard. But once you kind of indoctrinate yourself into doing those things, you're like, oh, like the hard part is the fun part. Like when I go to the gym, the fun part is the hard part. And the hard part is the fun part, right? It's it's one and the same. So once you realize that training and eating a certain way makes you feel better, it makes you a better person and it's enjoyable and doing hard things is fun, then then you can start making progress. But if you think everything's going to suck all the time and it's going to be miserable, then why would you do it? You're not going to do it. I yeah, don't want to do things that suck and are miserable. No, I don't I don't want to either. And, and, and I, I was actually talking to my fiance yesterday about this. Like, I think that, you know, I think a lot of times if you're again, if you're kind of on the outside, look like if you're if you're struggling to commit to some kind of workout routine and, you know, you're going to let's say you're going to start going to the gym on a regular basis. You know, let's say it's three times a week. I'm not going to sit here and act like it's just going to be easy the whole time. I will never forget the first time I ever went to the gym with my friend and did legs. And I could not walk straight for like a week and a half after that. And I was like, how do you do it? Like, I don't, I don't know how you do this, but just like with anything, it will get easier over time as well. Um, you know, like for, for instance, I, I gave her the example yesterday of like, uh, you know, when you, when you were in school and you learned, you were learning math, like when you first started learning your multiplication tables, like you were probably thinking, oh my goodness, like what is nine times nine? What could that possibly Like those, those things are difficult when you're first starting out. But now, like when you do it more often and when you get to like high school and in college, you can do much more advanced forms of that in a, in a, although, although it's more difficult on paper, your ability to do it has improved. And I think that people, you know, need to understand that. Like if you're starting out any kind of fitness endeavor for the first time, whether it be running or weight training or yoga or calisthenics or whatever, and if it's your first time doing it, it's probably going to be somewhat difficult at the beginning. If you've never done a pull-up before and your goal is to do 10 pull-ups, then it's going to be a struggle for you to get that first pull-up down. But if you can stay consistent with it, and if you can find a way to enjoy it and to to make that a part of who you are and what you do, the once you get the first pull-up down, it's going to be a lot easier to train for the second one and for the third one. And soon enough, doing those pull-ups is just going to be a part of you, who you are and your routine. And you'll think, wow, why did I ever have trouble doing the first one when I can do 10 now? You know, and, and that's just one example. But I think people have this idea that it's just going to be, like you said, it's, it's just going to be terrible the whole time. And that people that are just working out are just just tearing themselves down and they're just hating every second of it. When the reality is, you know, there's going to be some level of difficulty to it, but you're you adapt to it and you learn to enjoy it and your body physically adapts to it and is able to bear a larger load and is able to take on much more difficulty, much like, you know, when we started learning math when we were kids and now we can do more as we're older, you know? I think I can do less than when I was a kid. Actually. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> Let me test you on that real quick. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. <laughs> yeah. Let's not. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's another thing that trips people up is like the reason why they're training. Like a lot of people who I'll talk to who are trying to make a change in their their fitness, they'll they'll be like, yeah, this workout was great. I burned like this many calories. And to me, like that's not fun. Like I don't work out to look at my phone after and be like, oh, I burned 200 calories. Like that's not enjoyable. And that the enjoyment of being like, oh, I burned 200 calories 
is going to wear off pretty quickly when you realize like every workout you're doing is pretty much the same in terms of burning calories. And that's not even like, it doesn't even make a difference in, in terms of your entire day of how many calories you burn, but that's another topic completely. So if you have a goal for your fitness, that is skill-based, that's going to be way more rewarding and allow you to enjoy your training so much more than if you're just training to lose weight or lose a certain amount of weight. And then you see your workouts as a form of calorie burning. So if you do have a goal, like you said, of doing a certain number of pull-ups, like that's way more enjoyable than if you're just going to the gym to try and burn as many calories as possible. So like what you brought up there is a great tip for people who are looking to become consistent, like find something that you want to be able to do and start working towards that. And you might not like it in the beginning because we like things for most, for the most part, we like things that we're good at. And if you're not good at something to start, you probably won't enjoy it that much. But if you're looking for performance uh, related markers of improvement, then you're going to find a lot more than just looking at the scale or looking at how many calories you burn. So that's a, a huge, huge shift for a lot of people. But if you can look in the realm of physical fitness and be like, oh, I like calisthenics, like you said, or I like strongman, or I like running, or I'd like to be able to do those things and you start working towards to be, being able to do those things, you're going to gain so much more than if you just say, I want to lose 20 pounds and I'm going to do these like random boring workouts to burn calories and hopefully get to my goal of losing weight. Yeah. And, and on that topic, uh, so we've been talking about obviously different forms of exercise and everything. And, um, growing up, I, so I played, I played sports growing up and I primarily played basketball. I played that into, into high school. And for me, uh, I never, I never liked running like running in my mind, whenever I was in basketball was always sprints. Like if we ever practiced, it was down and back on the court until coach tells you to stop. And like in the game, you're running up and down the court just as fast as you can. And the idea of running any significant amount of dedicated, like dedicated time towards running just was not something I was ever interested in. But as I've learned now, like I've really come to enjoy running. And so uh, I want to ask you, I saw a while back, I think it was maybe sometime last year, towards the end of last year, you put something on your Instagram about how you have enjoyed running more simply because you have been running more. Um, and I want to ask you one, how is your running journey going? Uh, and two, what what has your experience, because it's it seems like to me, running is that for whatever reason, running is the one thing that people don't want to do, unless you are just like, you know, you've been running your whole life. Like the idea of running and doing that, that specific kind of cardio is something that people vehemently do not want to take part in. Uh, and so I want to ask you just like, what has your experience been like getting into that at all? And and how is your running journey uh, currently going? Yeah. So I, I started running when I was pretty young, like in middle school, like I was doing cross country and track and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then when I got back into training, like I started training when I was around like weight training, I would say when I was around 22. Yeah. When I was around 22 and I started by, um, weight training to supplement training I was doing for a sprint triathlon. So I was running a lot at the time. I was like 160 pounds. Um, so I would say that's like my ideal, probably running weight. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I stopped for a long time when I was just doing Olympic lifting and weight training. Like that's all I was doing. I'd push mm -hmm. sleds, but that's about as close I would get to running for 
I don't know, like 10 years or something like that. So when I restarted running, I was, I would gone from like 160 to 195 pounds. So, or maybe even a bit heavier. So that was a big transition for me. It felt like I was even having to restart, like learning how to run. Cause I'd mm-hmm. always been a good runner. And then all of a sudden you had 35 pounds and you're like, I'm not. And you take it. And it's just hiatus. as easy as when you first started. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was like, Oh, this is actually hard and (laughs) not enjoyable because I feel like I should be able to do certain things, but I can't do those things right now. So it took a big shift for me in terms of trying to figure out how to motivate myself to run. And the biggest thing that helped me was just cutting down the time. Like instead of saying like, I'm going to try and run 5k every day. And that's how I'm going to get better at running. I would just say like, I'm going to run more often. Like you said, I'm going to run more. So even if that meant five minutes on the treadmill or just around the neighborhood at a super slow pace, that's what I'm going to do. And that has worked really well for me. And um, like my running currently has gone a little bit to the wayside, but it's just been replaced by other forms of cardio. So I found that um, I really enjoy the rowing machine. So I've been rowing quite a bit. Um, and actually I've been on the treadmill quite a bit too. So my running hasn't completely gone Mm -hmm. by the wayside, but it's just kind of like opened the door to me in terms of other forms of fitness that I've been neglecting. And I'm like, wow, like just lifting weights doesn't mean that you're in good shape. Like Mm -hmm. just because you look good doesn't mean that you feel good or can perform well. So, um, my running has been more consistent than it has been, but uh, it's just been supplemented by other forms of cardio, but yeah, that's the the best advice I would have for people is like, start out really low in terms of the amount of time that you're running and then mm-hmm. start out really slow. Like you don't need to be out of breath and dying every time mm-hmm. you run, uh, just go for a nice little jog, take in the sights, or if you're on a treadmill, just like chill on the treadmill, go for a quick five minute run mm-hmm. and build from there. And you'll find that's much more manageable and enjoyable than, trying to run yourself into the ground and pee blood at the end of every, every run you do. <laughs> we don't want that. We don't want that at all. Uh, you know, it's funny. I, I, I would say like probably a little over a year ago, uh, I started, I just, I don't even remember why, but I wanted to get into running more. And as I mentioned, I grew up playing basketball. And so the concept of running in my mind was run as fast as you can and as hard as you can, like from wherever you're starting to wherever you're going. Cause like, that's all I ever knew my whole life. Like if I was on a basketball court, if I had to go from one end to the other, I had to sprint there as fast as I could. And so if I ever decided to go on a run, there's this specific loop that I would run. And it was just over two miles. It was like two point, maybe one, you know, and one tenth of a mile. And I remember I would finish that run and just be exhausted. And it wasn't because I wasn't working out at all, but I was like trying to run an unrealistic pace the whole time, just because in my mind, I was like, I have to just go as fast as I can and as hard as I can. And I've come to realize like, you know, obviously that's not a sustainable way to do it. Like my joints would hurt. I'd be exhausted at the end of it. I, I didn't know how anybody could commit to anything longer than two miles. Cause I was like, I would run two miles and just be exhausted. But like you said, for one, one simple thing specifically running that I've enjoyed is kind of viewing it for me. I live in a, in a very fortunate position. I live in a very, in a place that I think is really, really pretty. And there's a lot of really cool things to go see. And so oftentimes if I ever want to go on a run, 
I kind of view it more of like exploring rather than, oh, I'm going on a run. I'm going to go dedicate this time to running. Rather, to me, it's like, oh, I, let me go see this other part of town. Like, I haven't been over here before. Let me go across the bridge and go check out this part of town, and then I'll come back. To me, that's much more exciting because I don't know about you. Like, you had mentioned treadmills. I don't enjoy treadmills because I feel like I'm just stuck. in. I mean, I, I am kind of stuck in the same place. But, like, I feel like I'm just – I don't feel like I'm going anywhere. And to me, I would rather run – five or six miles out and about going and exploring places instead of two miles on the treadmill, just because I, I get so much more enjoyment at like just seeing all the different sites and seeing things I haven't seen before and feeling the sun. Like those are things that I really enjoy doing. And I don't feel like that's a chore for me. That's that's something I really enjoy doing. And so specifically like, I know I'm, I'm kind of hammering this a lot, but I, it's something that I hear a lot of people talk about how they, they want to get into it, but they just don't know how to. And I think that if you can view it, like you said, definitely take it slow at first. Like I'm living proof of that. Don't try and sprint your way into running because you're going to hate it even more than than before you started. But also viewing it as like an explorative experience, trying to find a place you haven't been to before, or go to a different neighborhood that you haven't checked out before. Uh, whatever it is that you can do to enjoy it more, it's going to feel much less like a chore and much more like some like an activity that you enjoy doing. And that's something that's really helped me a lot, particularly with getting into running. So, um, and that's another thing too, like, like you said, is understanding that even if you can't run all the time or do whatever activity you want to do all the time, there's other ways to supplement that. Like if, if your goal is to run more and life gets in the way and you simply can't run, well, like you said, there's, there's the rowing machine, there's the treadmill, you can swim, you can walk, you can do whatever. Uh, it goes back to, again, to that concept of something is better than nothing. So I just, I love that. I think that's, I think that's great. Yeah, the uh, it, that can apply to like you're saying the level of intensity or whatever it may be. Like if your goal is to get better at running, but you don't have the ability to run, like you can walk, and mm-hmm. just being on your feet and moving is going to help condition you to run at a mm-hmm. certain level. So, and if you can put on like a weight vest or like a pack or something like that and walk around like that, that's going to be something that's going to be helpful too. Like I know. A lot of people will say for like if you're training for a half marathon or a marathon, like one of the first steps is just walking mm-hmm. for the amount of time you're thinking it's going to take you to finish that marathon. So there's always there's like levels to it and you can change that dial however you want. But um, yeah, I think just like you're saying, starting slow, find a way to enjoy it and going from there because it doesn't have to be like this terrible awful thing that you're doing Mm -hmm. it can absolutely be enjoyable and Mm -hmm. like i've kind of done something similar to what you were saying in terms of like going out exploring like sometimes i'll go for because before my training for running was like very regimented like i was running Mm -hmm. distances at certain paces and i was pushing myself all the time and that was great for the time of life i was in and the shape i was in and how i felt with my running but uh now like as i'm building back up sometimes i'll go for a run and i'm just like i'm just gonna run around and like Mm -hmm. check things out and like run upstairs and like do weird not weird (laughs) stuff but like just like jump up on things just just running up and down your stairs and your in your house (laughs) yeah like peek in people's windows yeah but just like have a good time like as opposed to going into it thinking like i need to run this pace this distance and then really quickly it can seem like a chore and something difficult mm-hmm. um, as opposed to like you're saying, just exploring your mm-hmm. neighborhood or your environment and just seeing what's up. Yeah. You, uh, so you do a lot of coaching, right? Uh, with like different clients and everything. Is that, is that correct? Yeah. 
So at this point, I would say like, you've worked with a lot of different people. What have you seen as like a, a through line of things that tend to like, what's the, what's the most common, I guess I'll say hurdle that you've seen a lot of people have to overcome when it comes to sticking to, or committing to some kind of, uh, some kind of workout program The you know, like for me, uh, something, like I said, for me, something that really I struggled with was this idea of like perfectionism. Like I needed to do, if I didn't do an hour and a half to two hours in the gym every single day, then it was just, it was not worth even going in the first place. But I've learned now that the reality is, yeah, if you can do that, that's great. But if you can do anything at all, that's better than nothing. So what have you seen with a lot of your clients to be a consistent through line with them? That's been something they've struggled with and how have they been able to overcome that? Yeah, it has to be the all or nothing mindset. That's something that I run into with almost every single person I coach. Um, it, it seems especially prevalent in people who have done sports before. Um, just the mindset that you have to be all in and doing everything perfectly. And then once you get your result, you stop. Or if you can't do things perfectly, you stop. So you see this cycle of gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight. And people start to think that they're not disciplined or they're like, they're not doing things correctly or they just can't do this usually that they're not disciplined, but really like I usually point out to people like you are very disciplined in other areas of your life. So you are a disciplined person. Mm -hmm. It's just that you have incorrect methodologies that you are trying to follow mm -hmm. to get to your fitness goals. So the all or nothing mindset in terms of like you're saying, trying to be perfect with everything, um, following a diet plan or a fitness plan that's really difficult to do um, for a short period of time. And then once you reach your goal, you don't know what to do. And then mm -hmm. you just stop altogether. So, um, like I was saying with sports people, that seems to be so prevalent because like when you play a game, like you train for the game. And then once the season's over, most people just stop, mm -hmm. right. Unless you get to a higher level and people are training year round. Um, and in school, we're taught that like you study for the test, and then once the test is done, you're like, oh, wow, like I can forget everything and just move on. Mm -hmm. um, so people have that same mindset of like studying for a test and then stopping or like preparing for a season and then stopping once the season's over. Um, so the way to move past that is adopting that something is better than nothing mindset. And once you can do that, once you can realize that I don't need to be perfect all the time, I just need to be consistently putting effort in. And over a long period of time, that's going to give me some good results. Um, and once you can realize that, like, there is no finish line, like we're not preparing for like a certain day and then we stop. It's like, this is like, we are implementing skills and habits that you're going to be using for the rest of your life. Um, that's another big mindset shift that people struggle with because they're always looking for the end of the race, right? Like we you're preparing for a half marathon. Mm -hmm. Once the ma half marathon's over, are you going to continue running past the finish line and like keep going? <laughs> I not. will not be. I no. will be stuck. <laughs> yeah. At least for that time, I will be stopping. And our current plan is we are going to be stopping. And then we're going to a, there's a pizza place that we're really excited to go to. So that's exactly. our plan right after that. <laughs> exactly. So you're stopping and eating pizza and that's what people do. They finish the race, <laughs> they stop and eat pizza. But one thing I've been trying to hammer home recently is the idea that 
like we're doing this for the rest of our lives. Like yeah. we're not stopping. So mm-hmm. any skill or any new habit that you want to implement mm-hmm. into your day-to-day life, it has to be something you're going to be doing at least for a year. Like mm-hmm. at, like that's such a short period of time. Um, so that all or nothing mindset leads people to do things that they're not comfortable with for short periods of time. And then they get in a cycle of gaining and losing. But once you adopt that mindset of something is better than nothing, and the idea that you're doing this for the rest of your life, that I would say is the most transformative mindset shift for most people. One thing I, one thing I want to ask you before we kind of begin wrapping things up here. So um, I have found, and I've, I've seen some kind of fun discourse with this online. I found that a lot of times, at least in my life, and I've heard other individuals express this as well, um, the idea that there is some kind of, and this is more not not specifically to strength training and things of like that, but it's it's definitely uh, talked about a lot in in strength uh, strength training spaces. Is the idea that there are certain strength standards or a, there's a certain standard that you need to live up to, whether it's uh, running or strength or anything like that. That you know, like for instance, something you'll hear a lot of times is that your your squat should be you know, two or three times your body weight or this, this amount of your body weight, your deadlift should be, you know, two or three times this, that, or, or, you know, it's, it should be a certain number basically. And, uh, I, I have certainly fallen guilty to that at times where it's like, you know, I'll hit a, maybe if it's a, a squat PR and I'm like, Oh man, I'm so glad. Like I hit this PR, but it's not this number. And so that's just not good enough. And something I've come to realize is that those, these standards, like if that's something you want to implement in your, like if you want to be very regimented and implement implement that in your own life, that's great. But the reality is that these standards are more arbitrary than anything. And so I wanted to hear your thoughts on just how these, these uh, arbitrary, un, somewhat unnecessary strength standards and standards that we have for ourselves, uh, how they can impact people and if they've impacted you at all and how you've been able to kind of shy away from that in your own life and just enjoy and focus on the act of exercising and working out rather than, Oh, my squat isn't this number. Oh, my deadlift isn't this number. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's really common, like you're saying to, to feel like you need to achieve certain standards that someone else has set. Um, and we see it all the time. Like people run certain distances and not others. Like you're running a half marathon. You're not running a half marathon minus a mile, right? You're running the exact distance and everyone else is running that same thing. So I think standards like that are really helpful in terms of like seeing how you measure up to other people. Like, oh, I ran my, like, what's your half marathon time? Like it's this, what's yours? And like, people can compare like 5k numbers and marathon numbers. And you can see, like I said, how you stack up against really the rest of the world. So I think standards like that in terms of competition are extremely valuable and helpful if you want to compete. So Mm -hmm. if you are doing Olympic lifting and you snatch a certain amount of weight and then someone comes up to you and they're like, Oh yeah, I've done like double that. And you're like, well, okay, that's cool. Like, were you using like a certain, like if they weren't using the same type of bar or the same type of weights from the same heights, or they had like bands attached to the bar, pulling it up in the air for them. Like you'd be like, oh, that doesn't count then. Like it's not the same. We can't compare these two things. So uh, I think the standards like you're talking about are really helpful in a competition sense in terms of 
feeling like you need to be able to achieve certain things because someone else said you should have to do those things. I don't think it's helpful at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was just talking to someone about this regarding 75 hard the other day. Mm -hmm. And he was saying he wanted to do it. And we were just talking about it. And I was just saying like, why do you feel like someone else's arbitrary standards that they've made up for their own life would be good to insert into your own life and follow exactly. And if you can't follow that thing, then you're not mentally strong enough Mm -hmm. to do it. And he's like, well, like, I don't know, like, it's just, those are the things he told me to do. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. why don't you come up with your own things to do? (laughs) You know yourself way better than anyone else. Yeah, You'll be able to look at your own life and be like, here are three things I can do. And those are my standard, my standards. And those are things I want to do. And those are things that are going to allow me to reach my goals. And why don't you do that instead of having some random guy be like, Hey, here's what you should do. This is going to help you. You're like, well, Mm -hmm. how do you know that? Yeah. So I think, uh, standards are helpful in a competition sense. I think in terms of lifestyle and trying to make positive changes, I think they are, sometimes they can be helpful things to shoot towards, but really I don't think they're helpful and they make people feel like they suck more than they help people feel like they are powerful and awesome. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100%. I love it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely agree. And, and I, I think that for the most part, like you said, standards aren't necessarily a bad thing if it's in, if you're, even if you're competing with yourself, uh, but they can definitely be dangerous is where it's like, if I can do X and you can do Y, it's like, okay, well now I'm comparing myself to, to Mark when the reality is like, maybe you can do more, maybe you could do less, but you should more focus on, at least in my mind, just trying to do more, trying to be better today than you were yesterday. And that you will find much, at least I found, you'll find much better results in the long term if you can focus on doing that. So yeah, I love it, man. That's awesome. Um, before we finish up here, I want to just say, first off, thank you very much for taking some time out of your schedule to chat with me today. Uh, I've really enjoyed getting to chat with you and it's cool kind of on the almost one year anniversary of me even finding out about you and what you do, having the opportunity to sit down and chat with you. So I appreciate you taking some time to chat with me and share some of your story and just some of the different things you've learned along the way. Um, one final thing that I like to end each episode of the show off with is a little bit as a fun little segment that is, it's has no relation to anything we've talked about so far, but it's just a fun little way to end. I like to call it 15 quick questions. And so I've got 15 questions for you. They are, you know, this or that questions. So it'll be like, uh, a or B hot or cold, something like that. And I just want to get your, uh, your thoughts right off the top of your head with these questions. So does it sound all right with you? Yes, I'm excited. All right, let's do it. This is 15 quick questions with Mark. Uh, Question number one, beach vacation or mountain vacation? Well, right now it's, uh, there's a foot of snow on the ground. (laughs) So I'm going to say beach. Let's go with beach. (laughs) That's, I kind of expected you to say that. So uh, yeah, I'm not surprised by that. Uh, Hot coffee or iced coffee, or you can substitute tea if you prefer that. Once again, it's winter here and I haven't been able to enjoy nice iced coffee. So we're going to go iced. Nice. I like it. Um, sweet or savory food? Sweet. Summer, fall, winter, or spring? Which do you prefer? Let's go with uh spring. We're just hoping it comes soon. <laughs> I like all these weather uh season related questions. Yeah, yeah. Uh in your mind, are crocs fashionable? Yes or no? Yes. 
Especially I like it. Camo Crocs. Hey, you have the, you like Camo Crocs? Yes. Uh, a small tangent. One of my friends growing up, his dad had these. The, they they were these huge like they they looked like they were bigger than normal crocs but they were camo and they were lined with like fur or something oh, yeah. and i was like these i was like i've never seen these before but he loved them and i just that's what i always think of so one of my favorite um, squatted do what crocs do squats deadlifts everything. really oh yeah I love I, them. i'll have to try that out sometime um all right does pineapple belong on pizza yes or no Sure, throw it on there. <laughs> uh, which do you prefer, sunrise or sunset? Let's go with, uh, let's say the sunset. All right. If you could only do one, which, which would you do, squat, bench, or deadlift? The big three. Like I would say, that's a tough one. That, that's not a this or that. That's three off. Yeah, yeah. I would say I like squatting the most but it is the most challenging for me, I would say. And then I like bench the most though, but I'm the worst at it. Out of those three. So <laughs> I, that's a tough one. Let's go with bench. Even I like I, it. It's my worst one. I'm trying to work on that right now. So we're going to go with bench. I like it. Uh, which do you prefer Michael Jackson or Prince? Oh, uh, Michael Jackson or Prince. That's a, <laughs> A tough one. <laughs> Let's go with Prince. He has a less checkered past than Michael. I, I, I like it. I agree. Um, crunchy, cr- crunchy peanut butter or smooth peanut butter? Smooth all day. I'm a crunchy. I'm a crunchy guy. I've always You're been a wrong. crunchy guy. You're wrong. <laughs> uh, continuing the food questions. Do you prefer flats or drums? If you're, if, if you ever eat wings, gotta be drums. I like. I agree. I agree. I think they're more fun. I think they're more fun. Yeah, you look like a like a Viking guy whenever you got one. <laughs> All right, who wins in a dance battle, The Rock or Kevin Hart? Oh my gosh, that's a tough one. I I'm gonna say uh, The Rock because according to my wife, he's the most talented man on earth. After she heard him sing in Moana, so that is true. He does. He does. I forgot about that. I he does know. have a underrated underrated yeah. voice. Yeah, she. She loves his singing. And I'm like, he's just yelling. And she's like, no, he's a good singer. So we have that. All right. Uh, Last last three questions here. Which decade do you prefer? 70s, 80s, or 90s? Another tough one. I was only alive in the 80s for one year. But it was a good year. That was the year. It was the best year of your life. It was the the best best year of my life. I entered the world. We're going 80s. I like it. Uh, which end of the year um, holiday do you prefer? Halloween, Thanksgiving? Well, I, I don't know if you celebrate Thanksgiving. You're in Canada. I don't know if you celebrate Thanksgiving or not. But if you if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, do you prefer Halloween, the idea of eating a bunch of food on the same day, Christmas or New Year's? Hate New Year's. Could do without Halloween. Christmas is good. Thanksgiving is the best. Got to go with Thanksgiving. I like it. Thanksgiving is great. Um, and then finally, last question. I asked the same question to everybody, so I want to hear your answer and I want to hear your kind of your rationale behind this. Would you rather fight a hundred duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? I think I would want to fight the uh it was a horse-sized duck. Yeah, one one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses. Like I feel like at a certain point, like you're fighting to the death, right? <laughs> I, yeah i guess so yeah yeah fighting i never specified death. that but that would make sense yeah in my mind you're fighting to the death so i'd rather just like kill 
one size <laughs> duck, which I feel like they're pretty vicious, but I feel like I could take it down. Whereas like having to stomp on a hundred <laughs> size horses, you just feel so bad. Horses are so nice and gentle <laughs> and they carry us around. Whereas like fighting a horse sized duck, like you would not feel bad for that thing at all. You would go for the eyes, rip its beak off, do whatever it takes. But <laughs> I, like, how do you, I don't want to kill a duck sized horse. It's too sad. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I love it, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, well, yeah, that is all the questions I got for you. So thank you for uh, playing along there with me. Uh, before we finish up, uh, do you have any like socials or links or anything that you would mind to share or anything you got going on that you'd like to uh, like to share with everybody? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram at the strong dad club. I try and post on there pretty frequently. Uh, so if you want to hear me rant or talk about something is better than nothing, all or nothing is the worst etc etc you can find me there and other than that like i'm not active on youtube or twitter or anything like that so instagram is the place to uh to find out more about me sweet sweet well i'll definitely have a link for that down in the description so if you're uh checking out today's episode then definitely go on to the description check that out and you can find him i definitely recommend giving him a follow i think he has a lot of great content and i think you will enjoy it um but yeah if that's if that's all mark thank you very much for joining me today on the podcast i really appreciate it Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. It was fun. Of, of course. Of course, man. Uh, to everybody listening, thank you very much for tuning in to today's episode. Hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, like I said, the links and everything will be down in the description. So feel free to head down there, check those out. Um, and as always, thank you for listening to and supporting the podcast. I'll catch you all on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the podcast. As one final reminder, if you'd like to support the show, then don't forget to rate and review the show wherever you get your podcast or share it with a friend. If you'd like to check out any links that were mentioned during the show or follow the show or myself on social media, then feel free to head to the description of today's episode to find these links. As always, thank you again for checking out today's episode. and I really hope you enjoyed it. I'll catch you all on the next episode of the podcast. See ya.